getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. As an agribusiness expert with Alliant Energy and a farmer, I know how important it is to get the most out of your land. I know that also applies to getting the most out of how your farm uses energy. That's why Alliant Energy offers free farm energy assessments. With a farm energy assessment, someone like me will find all kinds of ways to help you save money and energy. We can even connect you with rebates to help make energy equipment upgrades even more affordable. Schedule your free assessment at AlliantEnergy.com slash FarmEnergyAssessment. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody, to another live simulcast episode of the Huddle Up Podcast. And uh, I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime. You know him. You love him. As the lead NFL writer for Heavy.com, he is Zach Kelberman. Zach, how are you hanging in there, brother? I'm doing pretty well, Chad. We finally got that trade that we've been talking about and we've been predicting and a lot to talk about in Broncos country. Drew Locke, Manuel Sanders. It's exciting that we have some tangible news to go over and also a game to talk about on Sunday between the Broncos and the Colts. Absolutely. So much to get into today. Not only, as you said, the Sanders trade, we got the game to look at. In fact, we have a, a podcast episode that's it's not going to be a live episode that we can simulcast, but it will be a podcast version that you guys can look forward to on Friday with a Colts writer that we're going to get the inside scoop behind enemy lines. But then also we got to talk about the latest talking points coming out of, of Dove Valley about Drew Locke. We got so much to get to today. Um, but first, let me just give you guys a couple of really quick reminders. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter. The reason that's so important is it keeps you plugged in on top of what's happening with the show in real time. For example, those of you who are subscribers on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you're listening to the show, you woke up this morning, there was no podcast chilling for you in the in the RSS feed. And you're like, what happened? If you're following the show on Twitter, you would know that we had to announce that, that this podcast episode would be delayed. You wouldn't have a podcast waiting for you in the morning. So that's why right now, while you're listening, while you're viewing this episode, open up Twitter, at HuddleUpPod, follow the show. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, 
the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. All right, Zach. So we're going to get to, and by the way, let me just do a quick welcome to, to our current live viewers with us. Epic Gaming, King Stacy, Ryan, Kristen, Stuart. What's up, brother? Travis, Norman, Donald. Travis. What's up, guys? What is going on, you guys? Thanks for joining us. And Anthony. the room, I'm sure, will continue to fill up and people will file in. But let's uh, circle back for a minute to Tuesday when John Elway ultimately pulled the trigger dealt Emmanuel Sanders and a 2025th round pick to surprise, surprise the San Francisco 49ers who have coveted Sanders for quite a while now in exchange for a 2023rd rounder and a 2024th rounder. Your thoughts, not only on the trade itself, the implications there, but also the value that Elway and the Broncos were able to get back. First of all, I think the Broncos won this deal hands down and say what you want about John Elway, but to get that value for Emmanuel Sanders when Mohamed Sanu went for a second, which was a younger player with more upside, not in the final year of his contract, to get a third and fourth back for a 32-year-old receiver coming off an Achilles who pretty much forced his way out of Denver. I give Elway credit for this move, but it was a true win-win on both sides, Chad. I mean, Sanders goes to a familiar offense in the the Niners, a win-now contending team, undefeated team. I like this deal for all sides, but in terms of getting the value back for Sanders, I was hoping for a fifth-round pick. Get a third and a fourth, though? A great, great, great move by Elway. We heard through, well, there were some public reports on it too, but we had heard on our end at MHH that there was about five teams that were in on the sweepstakes for Sanders. And of course, it helped seeing Mohamed Sanu go to the to the Patriots for a second rounder. To get a third and a fourth next year, I'll, I understand you had to give up a fifth, but you, you basically moved up your fifth to a fourth round pick and got a third round selection for a 32-year-old wide receiver who's coming off that injury. As you said, Zach, I mean, it's it's pretty dang good value. If he was Emmanuel Sanders, not quite 30 years old Emmanuel Sanders, then you'd be disappointed if you got anything less than a second rounder because he's a two-time pro bowler, multi-thousand-yard receiving seasons. Uh, but I, I was pretty happy with the the value. I think Elway stood pat, got what he needed. And John Lynch, the GM there, and Kyle mm-hmm. Shanahan in San Francisco ultimately got that player they've had their eye on and been pining for now for a couple of years. Yeah, they've been hurting at receiver. A couple of their guys aren't going to come back this year, and he fits that mold perfectly in that offense. He's immediately, I, I think, a starting receiver. He's that burner in that in that system. They're a very run-first team, the 49ers, but they can open it up with Garoppolo, and he has a new favorite target there. So I love, for Sanders, it's a great move to go to a contending team, but more so for the Broncos to get, what was it, six over $6 million in cap space they cleared from that move, yep. and on top of the capital to get back in that, I just uh, tremendous value from John Elway. I was surprised. Surprise, Chad, considering yeah, the other moves he's made. Just shy of $7 million in cap space it freed up. And by the way, Stephen, thank you very much for the donation. You, on Super Chat. And, and just for those of you who don't know what this is, when we show this on the screen, what, what's happening is our, our great uh, su- subscribers and listeners and supporters here like Stephen, they're donating to the show 
through Super Chat on YouTube. And so we have something special we're cooking up that we have planned for all of our subscribers who have donated on Super Chat that we're going to be announcing here very soon. So appreciate that. That goes a long way towards supporting what Zach and I do. And as well as what guys like Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler and Eric Trickle, Lance Sanderson, all those guys, the, the amount of time we put into giving you guys daily quality podcast content, it goes a long way. So appreciate that, brother. Um, what are the implications in terms of, you know, we heard Von Miller talk about, for example, on, I believe it was Wednesday that, you know, we want guys who want to be here. The implication being, of course, that Sanders didn't want to be here anymore. And in fact, we heard from John Elway when he did his conference call immediately following the, the trade that Sanders had asked the Broncos to trade him. Now what happens is, in my mind, it opens up a not so much a vacuum of leadership. It opens up, though, an opportunity for those younger guys who kind of had to stay in their lane a little bit behind the veterans and especially the leadership guys, the holdovers from that Super Bowl 50 World Championship team. It opens up the door now for those guys to step forward and take on more prominent and and out-in-front leadership roles like Cortland Sutton, not just because he's a wide receiver, but like Cortland Sutton, Philip Lindsay, in my mind anyway, Zach, Philip Lindsay is the emotional heart and soul of this team. Yeah, you could say that for sure. Derek Wolf's probably up there too. But to me, it's Cortland Sutton's room now. He's by far and away the number one wide receiver. He's not a super fiery type, um, but he needs to be a little more vocal, I think. It needs to give uh, that room a jolt. And we haven't really seen it from Sanders. I think he's wanted out for a while now. I think he saw the writing on the wall even before the season. But now it's Sutton's room. It's Sutton's uh, receiving core. And he has to step up and take that and fill that leadership void. I think he can. I mean, he has a talent. And he has a personality. I think he'll put it all together. Zach often would get criticized by <laughs> listeners for not, I was reading that comment. <laughs> not being an orange-colored glasses guy 24-7. And one of the things we pride ourselves on as a, as a website, as a publication, and as a podcast trickles down to the pod is we try to give it to you straight. We don't try to blow smoke up your skirt. And Zach is the, is the, the great example of that, the epitome of that. Zach, look, sometimes you got to call a spade a spade. And in this case, the Denver Broncos, you never, I was a lot more bullish and optimistic on this team in the preseason than you were. Mm-hmm. And it's turned out to, to steer more toward what you envisioned for this team as opposed to what I saw coming. Oh, the question says when I did my own pause, I don't know if he means my old uh, live streams on Facebook. That could be the possibility. But yeah, um, I will always tell it like it is. I've been saying that I am not a negative, you know, Broncos observer. I don't cover the Broncos with a negative scope. But the last since I've been on this beat, Chad, they haven't given me many positives to talk about. Whenever they do something positive, like the, like the Sanders trade, I will commend them. But it's been more bad than good, and I'm always going to call it as it is. I'm never going to sugarcoat anything. Just with Flacco, everyone else is coming around now. It's just, you know, just the way things are, the way the cookie crumbles. The way the cookie crumbles, just like I'm Bruce Almighty. And by the way, Stuart, man, you've been consistent donating support for us here on Super Chat. We really you, appreciate Stuart. you, brother. Um, let's, you know, this is the Mile High Mailbag. Obviously, anytime we do these live hangouts with you guys, these live simulcasts, we're going to engage. The whole reason we do it is to engage with you guys live, and it makes the conversation so much more in-depth and fun for us. But it is the Mile High Mailbag today specifically for our listeners to get their questions in because Zach and I, we are your football priests, and each and every week we're here to offer you the absolution and answers to your burning Broncos questions. And also whatever's on your mind, your comments, your reactions, help you exercise the demons. Jacob's got one here, Zach. 
please turn it loose on Elway's commitment to maybe winning mm-hmm. two to four more games this season at the expense of moving the quarterback position forward. And this really you know, ties in basically to after that horrid, horrid performance by the Denver Broncos in front of a nationally televised audience on Thursday night football in which not only did they fall to the Kansas City Chiefs 30-6 to at home, they fell to the Kansas City Chiefs by that margin without Patrick Mahomes for more than half the game. Those six points were the lowest scoring total for this Denver Broncos team in primetime in a home game in 71 primetime such, such games. I mean, it was ridiculous. I mean, if you go back three games for this Denver Broncos offense, Zach, they have converted just six third downs out of 38 tries. That devolves and falls into the quarterback situation. Now, there are other components. The offensive line has not been good. The the offensive play calling, as Emmanuel Sanders kind of called out following Thursday night, needs to step it up. Rich Scangarello, the OC, of course. But it all comes back to the quarterback. It's a got-man league. Do the Broncos got their man? Well, in Joe Flacco, the clear and obvious after that game, even John Elway has to recognize it ain't Flacco. So that means you got to do whatever you can to get the guy, or if you think you have the guy, get him on the field. So what does that mean for Drew Locke? Well, we expected last week he was kind of, as as Vic Fangio had said, robbed of the opportunity to practice because it was a short week. The Broncos didn't practice. And so we thought, and, and even Fangio intimated last week, that Locke would practice this week, week eight, ahead of the Colts game because he needs to practice for two weeks before he can be activated onto the roster. Well, lo and behold, the Broncos get out there this week. Not only are, is Drew Locke not practicing, not a single IR player is practicing, and Fangio said they won't practice this week. And then we find out from – last thing, and I'm going to serve this over to you. We find out from John Elway, who did his weekly KOA appearance on uh, Logan and Lewis – he said, quote, it, as it relates to Drew Locke, he said, first and foremost, he's not ready to go right now. Quote, I will tell you that. He uh, he wants Flacco to, quote, get this offense going and put some points on the board. And as it relates specifically to Locke, he says, the most important thing with a young quarterback is not to put him out there before he's ready. If you don't put him in a situation where he has a chance to be successful and he's not successful, the whole roof will cave in. Close quote. Last thing. We also had the report from Mike Kliss basically setting the stage like he got a phone call from the Denver Broncos that said, here's what we're thinking on Drew Locke's timetable. We're not going to activate him till well after the bye. He'll be the backup for the final four games if we activate him. Maybe he'll play the last game or two. I I hate this move, Chad. I, I it just screams incompetency and it screams that short term uh, lack of foresight by John Elway. And if he's worried about a uh, lack of offensive line, a lack of weapons, if he's worried about the talent around Drew Locke, that still comes back to him. That's still an indictment on Elway for not building up the team better and putting position players in positions to fail. So either way, it falls on him. But you have to give the guy opportunity. If you you have to know what you have, and we've been talking about this every single podcast. Play him. What do you have to lose by playing him? If he doesn't work out, you go into the next draft and look for a quarterback. You maybe trade for a quarterback. There's options out there. But to have him sit on the bench and waste and redshirt a year for what reason? What do you gain from that instead of trying to make this Flacco experiment work? Pick up another couple wins. You don't play your your second-round pick, and you don't get a top-10 draft pick? That is a doomsday scenario, and Elway is embracing that. He's not just letting it fall into his lap. He's embracing that scenario all for what? Joe Flacco? It doesn't make any sense to me at all. Let me just play devil's advocate with you for a second here. This is not my perspective, but this is something that is a legitimate concern, I think. It is is something that is serious. John Elway's point that 
we don't think he's the, the team really is in a position to roll Drew Locke out there and start the clock because the offensive line was getting Joe Flacco killed. I mean, half those eight sacks against the Chiefs, even though he was sacked eight times, I'd, I'd put half of those on the O-line, half on Flacco's incompetency. But nevertheless, especially on the edges, I mean, they are hemorrhaging pressure pretty consistently. You don't want to necessarily put Drew Locke out there and get him killed. That is the and, – and, you know, also the trope, Zach, dating back to before the draft, that he's super raw. He needs all this time to incubate and develop. He's been on ice, on IR, hasn't practiced for, you know, this entire time since the preseason. Even Rich Scangarello on Thursday said, look, he hasn't done anything from a football perspective since the preseason. That feels like a lifetime ago, which in a sense is true. That talking point, Zach, that you don't want to spoil uh, what could be for Drew Locke. Do you subscribe to that? Is that a valid point in your mind or do you think that's an excuse? I mean, it's a valid point if you have a starter in front of him who can hold the fort, but the fort is collapsing around Dove Valley right now. It's not the Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes thing. Smith was leading that team in the playoffs while Mahomes was behind him. You have Flacco, who's, who's literally a, a standing statue in the pocket, who's losing games for the Broncos. They're not going anywhere. The season is over. He's not going to be the long-term quarterback. That experiment was a failure. You traded up to get Drew Locke. He's been your guy all offseason. I don't subscribe to that theory that you sit him now because you're worried about what could happen. It's worse for the long-term sustainability of the franchise not to play the guy. That does more harm than good. It's just, I guess, personal preference. That's John Elway. He gets to run the Broncos. He makes those calls. But you trade it up for the guy. You need hope. You need a, a building block. Why not see if he can be that guy? If he fails, you have another do-over next offseason. You can have another competition. But you have to know what you have in the guy you just traded a second-round pick for, up in the second-round pick, second round of the draft. You just have to know one way or the other. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. <laughs> Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. I am a firm subscriber to the philosophy that premium round quarterbacks need to play. And I'm not just talking about first rounders. I'm talking about premium rounds. I mean, Drew Locke was a top 42 pick. John Elway was ready to draft him at pick 10. And were it not for the way things shook out in terms of the trade offers the Broncos got to move back and just 
the way that draft day scenario unfolded on day one, he probably would have been a first-round pick of the Denver Broncos. They were still able to get him at pick 42, but he needs to play. John Elway, i got to remind our listeners of this because I get a lot of pushback on this on social media. John Elway, before he became a GM, and he was simply John Elway, the Hall of Fame quarterback, was of the opinion, he's on public record, that the only way for a quarterback, a young quarterback, to develop is to play. Last week, we heard from Vic Fangio say, generally speaking about players, that the only way players develop is to play. All right, so that comes back to how fragile is Drew Locke. Now, if he's if his situation physically is that that thumb on his throwing hand is still questionable, okay, don't put him back out there. Don't put him out there yet if he's not 100%. But if Drew Locke is 100% and you get two weeks of practice underneath his, his belt, Zach, in my opinion, there's absolutely no – logical, viable, reasonable excuse to right. not pull the trigger and play him, especially when your starting quarterback is absolutely floundering and you're sitting here at two and five. What makes this even more frustrating to me, Zach, is the, the bye week is the perfect opportunity. If you were to have practiced him this week, yeah. you get him to practice this week, you get him to practice next week ahead of the Browns game, then you get the bye in week 10, and boom, you can roll him out week 11, start the clock, Never look back, but John Elway's reluctant to do that. And I really don't think it's so much about him still being um, deluded that the Broncos still have something to play for. They're two and five. I mean, the odds of them making the playoffs this year, it's almost as like winning the lottery. Okay. It's just not going to happen for the Broncos this year. And I think John Elway's smart enough to recognize that. The question here is I think he, I think when you really boil it down, it's he doesn't want to admit defeat yet. He doesn't want that egg on his face on Joe Flacco. <laughs> and Drew Locke, bottom line is Broncos fans, if they see him this year, it's going to be week 16 at the soonest, week 17 in all likelihood, one game. I, I just have so many things to say. I mean, in terms of his health, he was throwing Drew Locke before the Chargers game. He looked fine throwing back there. So I think the thumb is mostly healed. In terms of having quarterbacks out there, you don't want them to fail. I think Minshew in Jacksonville is doing pretty well, and he doesn't have any of the skill set or the draft pedigree as Drew Locke. Yeah. You just have to know. You have to take the chance. It's one thing for Elway to take it week by week and not give it a determination, but it's another thing for him to come out and, and basically say, if we see him at all this year, it's not going to be till the, the last couple games, and he's going to be probably a backup to Joe Flacco. To already rule that out and to make that determination now in week eight is just bad business, and it's Elway being Elway. It's Elway sticking with the guy that he brought in, Flacco, and not wanting his ego to be ruffled or look worse. I got a newsflash for him, though. Not playing Drew Locke and leaving this team in Flacco's hands looks infinitely worse than if he would put Drew Locke out there and if Locke would, would just bomb. It just looks worse to me. You have to yeah. just give it the opportunity and let it play out. It feels like incompetence. It I, is and incompetence. I hate, and I hate saying that because John Elway is a Super Bowl winning front office czar in this league. It feels like incompetence, and people keep coming to us for, for answers, and it's inexplicable. I can't tell you what he's thinking. You know, we can try to get inside the head of John Elway, but we don't know. And here's the truth. Okay, for those of you who right now screaming at your phone or, or typing in in the in the comment stream here that, you know, we'd be crazy to play Locke right now because he's just going to get killed and you're going to ruin him. He's going to die on the vine. Listen, there is no perfect time to play the young quarterback. There just isn't. Okay. And it's kind of like when when a young couple gets married, 
for those young couples that say, no, we got to wait till I paid off all my student loans before having kids. We got to wait till I'm making 80,000 a year. Got to wait till all these things. A lot of those people don't end up having, there's never the perfect time to have. It's just an excuse. You're just kicking the can down the road. And the same holds true with this situation with quarterbacks is there's just simply never going to be the quote unquote perfect time for Drew Locke, uh, for the clock to start on the Drew Locke era in Denver. And my concern here, Zach, is that John Elway's idea is that there is a perfect time and it entails next year if and when he beats out Joe Flacco in an open competition in training camp. That is not how it works, man. John Owen never had to beat anybody out to get the job in training camp. He was the first round pick that the team moved mountains for to get from the Baltimore Colts. And as soon as the team felt like there was any question about the current starter, who at the time was Steve DeBerg, boom, they put him in. And he fell on his face a few times. In fact, if you go back and look at, you can't find any film or hardly any film of Elway, but if you go back and just look at the box store, uh, box score stats on Elway's rookie year, 83, it's atrocious. You would look at that in, in based on today's standards and go, oh, this guy's cruising for a bus. The Broncos swung and missed big time on that trade, only he turned the ship around. It was a live bullet experience he needed. Things got worse before it got better, and this is the time. While your team is not going to make it to the playoffs, Zach, this is a doomed and failed season, now's the time to get Drew Locke that experience where it gets worse. He bumps his head. He learns from his experiences. He gets acclimated to the speed of the NFL game only so that it can leap forward by leaps and bounds next year. And you have something. Maybe you, you have an opportunity to compete next year. Not only that, you have some answers as it pertains to next year's draft because if you play Locke and he really, I mean, really falls flat on his face, you got to go, well, if he was that bad, he's throwing four or five, he's Nathan Peterman out there every game. <laughs> we need to look at using what's right now. If the, if the season ended Broncos would have the seventh overall pick in the draft. we got to use that pick on a quarterback. Maybe. I'm not saying that's what they should do. Don't get me wrong. But these are the ty- this is the type of information on the heels and in the wake of a dead season that you have to – you got to get to the bottom of it. And how about having some tape on Drew Locke for next year? Good or bad, just having tape on the guy in a regular season game and knowing what you can improve on, knowing what you can fix, what you can uh, make better. But to your point, Chad, I fully agree with something I was thinking. There's no perfect scenario to play a quarterback. A lot of Broncos fans want the offensive line to be fixed and all the things to be tinkered with. It doesn't work that way. They're not going to wait two years to rebuild the team and then play Drew Locke. It all falls on Elway, for one, not having a good offensive line, and, and for two, waiting so long to play the guy that you just traded up for. You just have to know what you have in the guy. I've been saying it all along, good or bad. This season is not about wins. It's not about stats. It's not about touchdowns and interceptions. It's about progress and evaluation. And no one is more important for both those criteria than Drew Locke. You just, you, you have to play the guy at some point, more than just a couple games, more than just toward the tail end of the season, and, uh, and give him some premium audition time to know one way or the other where you're going in the future. It's really not that difficult. And look, I mean, again, no perfect time to play Drew Luck. There's just not going to be. And let's face it, by the, by next summer, you're not going to have five all pros on the offensive line. It's not going to happen overnight. So you got to rip the Band-Aid off. You got to get him out there. And listen, not this this isn't a unified message. Not everyone, even at Mile High Huddle, the staff agrees with me on this. And people are going to have differing op- opinions. I think at this stage, all of the factors point to the Broncos are – are in the wrong to drag their heels on getting Drew Locke out there. And even after we heard last week, Zach, from Vic Fangio, that actually two days ago, not last week, that Drew Locke is actually the farthest along 
in terms of the four guys on IR right now that they're considering bringing back, they can only designate two to return. But of that group of four, which includes Theo Riddick, Tim Patrick, and also Jake Butt, Locke is the farthest along from a health perspective. And we're nearing now almost month-old information when Drew Locke told Mike Kliss that he no longer feels pain when he grips a football and he no longer feels pain when he throws a football. So that's what I'm saying. If there was any question on a physical standpoint, you don't play him. Okay, keep him on ice. Head your bet. Wait till he's healthy at least. But if he's healthy, I really don't see any excuse. So let's turn the page, though, and see, since this is the Mile High Mailbag, I know we were basically addressing Jacob's question there, but let's get to what's on the mind of our listeners here and our current live viewers. Here's one from JTG. Do you all think it's a good idea if Josh Gordon leaves the Pats to join the Broncos, Zach? I, I just I don't see what he would bring to this this team right now. You you just traded Emmanuel Sanders, a veteran, to give the younger guys like Deshaun Hamilton, who's done nothing this year, and Cortland Sutton more opportunity. I don't see the need, just like acquiring Trent Williams, to bring more assets and, and devote more either money or, or capital to a, a win-now move like that. It, it wouldn't be a factor for the future. It's not going to help the Broncos now. I don't see Josh Gordon even wanting to sign in Denver to play with who? To go from Tom Brady to Joe Flacco? I don't really see him um, uh, making that ma- maneuver, so I don't see it happening. I don't either. And frankly, you don't, You just don't need the the headache. You don't, I mean, he's he's a guy that could any moment – could implode yeah. and you're screwed with whatever compensation you gave up to get him. So here's one from Kaimana Wilson with James being a full participant this week at practice and returning. Could you see Elijah Wilkinson or someone else replacing Leary? <clears throat> if he uh, continues to struggle Zach? I would like Wilkinson a lot more uh, at guard than tackle and Leary has struggled. I would like the Broncos to make some move along that offensive line to see what combination works best. But yeah, I, I do think that just like Billy Turner, I think Wilkinson's a much better guard playing inside with his arms and his, his body type than playing outside. So yeah, I'm, I'm for that. I know they have a lot invested in Leary. I know it's probably his last year, uh, but if they want to get better and maybe fortify that O-line for the quarterback, whoever's back there, I'd have no problem uh, sliding Wilkinson to the interior. And I think he's 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 a <clears throat> he's a guard right now being miscast as a tackle. The sooner they can get him back inside, the better. But that's probably not going to be till next year. So here's Buana Beast. He says, if you're a playoff team with kicking concerns, would you try to get McManus, Brandon McManus, in a trade? My answer to that, Zach, is no. Because if you're in the playoffs, that means you need clutch kicking when the chips are yeah, down late really. in games. And I'm sorry, but post Super Bowl fifty, let's say post twenty sixteen. Brandon McManus, when the chips are down, more often than not, has come up short for his team. Yeah, he's no longer McMoney, and not only that, I mean, he has a fairly high, highly paid contract, so I don't think another team would give up a draft pick and take on his salary. I know kickers are not easy to find, but I think a, a team can get by with someone else if they're looking for that, so I wouldn't anticipate McManus being traded, uh, definitely not during this season. Also a special teams question from Nevets. What are the chances Tom McMahon survives this season? There was... I mean, the Broncos basically special teams unit is bottom third across the board pretty much. And this is the second year for Tom McMahon in Denver where the special teams have been lackluster. Do you think he survives this? I think he survives this season. I don't think Fanjo, who said just last week, do you support Tom McMahon? Absolutely was the word he used. I don't think McMahon's about to get fired this season. Doesn't mean he'll survive for next season, but I don't think he's getting canned midseason. 
Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, I don't think he, there's going to be any major shakeups during this honeymoon season for Fangio. But if the Broncos go on to finish five and eleven or whatever, four and twelve, Fangio will look for a scapegoat, and that will be Tom McMahon. So if the, they don't drastically turn around, he's been kind of a disappointment the last couple of years or in his time in Denver. McMahon, I think he will be fired in the offseason, but definitely not during the season. Dropped your pocket coming in with ten bucks Thank on you. super chat. Appreciate, Appreciate you. you. Thanks for the podcast. I say if a quarterback is that fragile that he can't go out and fail and not bounce back, it wouldn't matter if you gave him three years to learn he doesn't have the goods to be an NFL QB. And, Zach, this is another thing. I'm glad he brought that up because that's that's another point I've been trying to make both on the podcast and videos and my written content. If he, fail, if he, if he comes in and struggles and allows an imperfect offensive line and an imperfect team overall and an imperfect play caller – to ultimately cost him his chance to shine in the NFL. He wasn't meant to be anyway, Zach. Yeah, you, you, it can't be 100% perfect for uh, you have a six, you know, chance to win. That's the, that's the Flacco uh, game plan. It's put everything around him perfectly, and, and one false move, it goes to crap. So that can't be like that. You have to throw him out there. It has to be a trial by fire. you got to just roll with the punches as they come. Exactly. And again, there's just never going to be the perfect time. Here's Broncos fan number 24, five bucks on Super Chat. Appreciate you. What would you have to see or even a stat line from Locke to feel comfortable about not drafting a quarterback in the draft? And I assume that means high, like using a first or second round pick. Zach, for me, I just want to see flashes. I don't care if he could throw a couple of picks each and every game, but I want to see him flash. I want to see some big play ability. I want to see him fail and then find a way to will himself and his team back. I want to see how he jives with Rich Scangarello from an offensive, you know, philosophy perspective. Cause I maintain this is an offense that Rich Scangarello designed for Drew Locke that they're asking the corpse of Joe Flacco to operate right now. But honestly, there's not a specific stat line that would d- dictate that. It would just be in general overall feel. He'd have to ha- pass the eye test. And it's just one of those things I think, Zach, where you know when you see it. The stats are what I care about the least with Drew Locke. I care about the intangibles, how he represents himself in the huddle, his fire around his teammates. We saw that Flacco doesn't have any. I want to see some of that that fire, that passion from a quarterback. I want to see him play under center. I want to see the progression there. I want to see him as a passer, his footwork, his technique, all the things that made him a raw quarterback. I want to see those build on and improve on, hopefully. I don't care if he throws eight interceptions a game. As long as he looks like he's getting better by the week and you can build something with him, that's all I care about. Just progress, intangible growth, and uh, a command of the huddle and in terms of um, his technique and his, and his passing ability. Shane says, who should we get rid of for a draft pick, Vaughn Miller or Chris Harris? I should. I mean, if among the two, it's going to be Chris Harris. I'm not going to trade Vaughn Miller. I don't think at this point they're going to trade Chris Harris either, but if it, it came down to the two, it would be Chris Harris Jr. I think it's more plausible of a trade. And they can, you know, they can get maybe a, a third, second, fourth round pick. I agree. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think – well, Chris Harris already said he doesn't think it's going to happen. Uh, I think they're going to ride – they paid him that additional $3.5 million this year, Chris Harris, for a reason. They're going to ride that into yeah. the dirt this year. And then let the chips fall. Carlos says, what positions do we need to draft in order to compete in 2020? There are a lot. But, Zach, let's let's reverse engineer it. What do you think – let's separate the quarterback position because we know the quarterback – of the future, at least in the team's eyes, is on the roster right now. What's the biggest position or two that's holding this team back right now? Left tackle and some guard. 
probably uh, right guard or left guard, either Leary or Garrett Bowles. That's the two biggest positions, and you're worried about the, the roof caving in. The roof won't cave in if you have a better O-line. So, yeah, a barring quarterback is definitely the offensive line and probably left tackle. I would definitely say tackle, and I would say if, you know, just for the sake of rounding out our conversation, um, I would also say cornerback because Chris Harris is going to be, odds are, gone next year. And, yeah, the Broncos expect to have Bryce Callahan back by 2020, of course, maybe even this year, but even the team right now, they don't know. John always says that publicly. But they need cornerback depth because Isaac Yadam, despite being a third-round pick from last year, just keeps getting benched. And there are some, you know, Devontae Bosby, they might have something there when he comes back next year. They might have something in Duke Dawson. They might have something in Devontae Harris. But they could use a first- or second-round corner that's just legit right now. How about an inside linebacker too? If if the Alexander Johnson yeah. experiment doesn't really work out, they can't get. I think Todd Davis gets cut in the off season, or it's a possibility. Inside linebacker, cornerback, like you said. But if it's on offense, other than quarterback, it has to be left tackle. It has to be the offensive line. Uh, it's just not a good situ- situation right now, especially with Garrett Bowles. All right, guys. Well, listen, we have to cut this episode of the Huddle Up Podcast short at this point because. We have an appointment to get on the horn and record our conversation with Jake Arthur, who covers the Colts for Colts.com, for the team themselves. So we're going to get the inside scoop on the Broncos' opponent here in Week 8, and you guys can look forward to that episode on Friday. So stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, again, make sure you're following the show on Twitter so you don't miss anything, at HuddleUpPod. You can find my partner, Zach Kelberman, here, at KelbermanNFL. Myself, at Chad N. Jensen. Stay tuned. Keep your chin up. Broncos country. We're going to be back in the saddle with that behind enemy lines episode with Jake Arthur here in about a day or so. So we'll talk to you guys then for Zach Kelberman. I'm Chad Jensen. You guys, thanks for joining us. Have a good night. You've been listening to the huddle up podcast. Join Broncos country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Wendy's new French toast sticks are so delicious, some are saying that they're better than their mom's breakfast. Excuse me, did you just say Wendy's new French toast sticks are better than my breakfast? Mom, is that you? Answer the question. I said some people are saying that because they're so crispy on the outside and fluffy on the inside and perfect in every way. Uh Uh-huh. And what do you think? I think it's time to tell people to choose wisely. Choose Wendy's new sweet and crispy homestyle French toast sticks. That's still not an answer. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours.